Hello and welcome to episode 173 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Brett Murphy, writer of Paranormal Hitman, available for pre-order now from Behemoth Comics and in shops on February 10th, 2021. This is Matt and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Hey Brett, thanks so much for for coming back on the podcast. You were you were on the podcast previously to talk about the the horror anthology that you were putting together, but now you're you're coming back with a uh, with a new book, Paranormal Hitman. So, uh, could you start us off with a little bit of a bio about yourself? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, uh, my name is Brett Murphy. I am uh, um, one of the co-creators of uh, Paranormal Hitman. Um, which is coming out February 10th, uh, 2021. Um, I'm working on this book with uh, Wilson Gandafo, who's the colorist, artist, and letterer. And I'm also working with uh, with Matt himself. Uh, uh, he's uh, doing the editing for the book. And um, in issues two, three, and four, he'll have uh, little extra uh, stories slash ads in the uh for, for the paranormal hitman universe and the uh the issues as well yeah those those are those are pretty fun um I'm, I'm enjoying those a lot um so how about before we go into a deep dive on on paranormal hitman um just give us the sort of the the two sentence one sentence elevator pitch for for paranormal hitman yeah, so uh, Paranormal Hitman is, you know, uh, the mafia meets any mafia movie that you can think of, like Goodfellas, Sopranos meets Ghostbusters, and it's uh, about these uh, two uh, former hitmen for the mafia who, um, you know, join a, uh, a government agency, and they'll have to uh, hunt ghosts while also being hunted down by the uh, mafia. Very nice. So was this like sort of a, uh, like, what was sort of the, the, the spark of inspiration here? Was it, uh, was it character? Was it, was it concept? Uh, what, what was the initial sort of thing that uh, got you excited to make this story? Yeah, um, I would say it would be a concept. Uh, I've always been a fan of Ghostbusters, Men in Black, and basically all kinds of, uh, you know, mafia movies, TV shows, whether it be Goodfellas, Sopranos, um, you know, Boardwalk Empire. Um, and I just had this idea uh, growing in my mind that uh, I wanted to try to figure out a way to join both genres together. And um, once I kind of came up with the concept, then, you know, everything kind of filtered in with all the different uh, characters and, um, you know, the different uh, storylines for, for the uh, series. Nice. And it's pretty interesting that, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, there's a lot of times where people will do a story where it's like this meets this, but this is, you know, I don't know if there's too many sort of mobster sort of paranormal mashups. So that's, that's, that's really interesting. So, you know, a lot of times people will be like, it's this meets this, but it almost makes like a lot of sense that they should come together. And it's surprisingly that they, they haven't come together before. Yeah, and like you said, yeah, I was surprised as well, and that's why I kind of wanted to come up with like a original idea for it. And um, you know, I made sure to do some research just to make sure that you know nothing was out there already. And um, surprisingly enough, I didn't really see anything out there that kind of married the the mobster, uh, you know, paranormal universe. 
Nice. So you, you, you had the concept of, uh, you know, the, you know, this meets this, let's put some mob action with, you know, Ghostbusters. Um, how long after that did you sort of develop the, the sort of the two characters that we follow, uh, Big D and, and Gene uh, through this book? Uh, how, how long on the sort of creative process did you come up with those two guys? Yeah, so, you know, once I came up with the concept, I, you know, I kind of had these two guys in mind, just like watching mafia movies. And also the book takes place in Philadelphia. So growing up, um, you know, these two guys are kind of um, reminiscent of, you know, some people that I've known or, you know, encountered throughout uh, my years living in Philadelphia. And, I kind of put them together and created the characters and with the help of uh, Wilson, you know, actually drawing them out, you know, he, he did a phenomenal job with, you know, actually creating the characters to show on paper. And um, yeah, I would say it's like, you know, a combination between, you know, watching a lot of mafia movies and just, you know, walking around the streets of Philadelphia and, and kind of put everything down. Nice. So um, I guess I have I have a couple of questions, but since we're talking about Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think one of the great things that Wilson did, you know, living in Brazil, he really captured sort of the 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 architecture and, you know, of, of, of Philadelphia. Did you send him any reference or did he sort of like pull that on his own? Yeah. So I think I sent him a reference for like uh issue two for like a museum but everything else he kind of uh pulled on his own and it's it's kind of surprising like it it really is philadelphia to a t like for um for the one house in issue one like it's you know an exact replica of what you know rittenhouse square area you know those row homes look like and even in issue two um the house that he drew in that reminds me of a house in the neighborhood I grew up in. So, I mean, he, he pulled some references, but he, uh, you know, when he drew them out, you know, it looks like you're looking at a picture of, uh, you know, Philadelphia property and the landscape and this, you know, uh, the museums and stuff. He, he did a good job with that. That's awesome. So when you went into like writing the script, did you have Wilson in mind when you were like, I guess like the idea came before you met Wilson? but were you sort of writing the script to Wilson's strengths once you were sort of familiar with his artwork? So um, for when I first had the uh, series planned out, um, you know, I wrote everything out and then that's when I, I needed an author or a uh, artist that, you know, that could really, uh, you know, bring out the characters the way that I pictured them in my head. And when I saw Wilson's artwork, it just clicked like, Hey, this guy is exactly, you know, the artist that um, is going to make this book great. And that could take it over the top and, you know, bring these characters to life. So it was right in the, uh, I would say it's right in the uh, actual series first and then going out and finding Wilson's artwork. And then once Wilson started drawing the uh, panels and the cover, it was just, you know, um, he, he just did a phenomenal job. And then going forward with issues, you know, two through four, then I kind of, 
you know, after seeing Wilson's artwork, I can kind of take the panels and, you know, uh, let him have fun with it and uh, kind of write it uh, towards his uh, artwork. That's so, awesome. so you 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 had this plan for the story, um, and so then you get uh, you get some sort of character designs from from Wilson. You get a little bit more of a feel for it. Um, so, and in, with Behemoth, it's going to be a four issue series. Was it always sort of designed that way, or was that something you had to change once the sort of the deal was struck with Behemoth? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always planned on it for being just a four issue series. But then after, um, you know, writing it out some more and changing the synopsis around a little bit, um, and then also Wilson coming up with an idea for, um, for you know, some more villains in there, um, you know, that's when I started writing a second arc, like another four issues. But, I mean, originally the plan was always just to have it as four issues, but now it's, it's kind of, you know, with more ideas flowing and... Um, um, coming in from from Wilson as well, it's uh, it's something that you know potentially want to uh, you know move forward with some more issues if possible. I was actually going to lead into my next question was um, so then Matt, when you were brought on as an editor, obviously I think it's just because you know you and you and Brett work together on Ageless and things like that. So I'm guessing the the sort of you being brought in on that as an editor sort of came from that collaboration, right? Yeah, um, it was, you know, Brett and I had been had been talking about a, a number of things sort of behind the scenes. And I think that what, I think one of the things that, that really helped out was that I had done a few projects with uh, Wilson before, you know, I've done Digital Forever, I've done a few shorts with him. Um, so I kind of knew like what he could do and, you know, I could, I, again, I was, I mean, Brent did a lot of his on his own, but early on, I sort of, again, fell into that sort of like project manager role where like, you know, there was a lot of communications going back and forth. And, you know, um, there would be like a lot of times where like, you know, Wilson would say something like, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I can color this book or, you know, I'm, I'm not like the world's greatest color. And he's like, you know, I don't know if that's sort of the, the self-deprecating, you know, artist or sort of him being humble. But then I would go to Brett and I'd be like, Brett, I have to tell you, like, if you need somebody to color this book, Wilson's your guy. He's just, he's, he's sort of like the, you know, he, he can, he can do a lot of aspects of, of, of comics on his own. So I, I, I did that and I just sort of saw the story evolving and I really didn't have to do um a lot of stuff on the on the first issue um it was really well thought out um and, and brett and i traded notes but it was really just sort of to help keep the keep the ball rolling and and checking that the that the story flew uh, that's awesome. together yeah and then this is a question for you and brett with your sort of not i guess you could call them backup stories at the, the back of the issue with you and um airtan matt uh where did that idea originate? Was it, was it, Brett, did you have an idea for a second story you wanted to tell or where did you just sort of like, Hey Matt, here's the world. You tell a story within this world. Uh, so for, for me, uh, you know, I, I've looked at the, the first issue uh, uh, numerous times, read it through. I've been seeing the art go through and um, 
Brett does these really cool things where he does these like faux ads that are set in the world of paranormal hitmen. And there's one at the end of issue one. So I was just sort of uh, one of the, you know, at the, you know, the weirdest moments, uh, story ideas pop into uh, uh, your head. So I had this idea for this really short story that involved uh, Agent McCoy. So I sent, um, I sent Brett a message saying, hey, you know, uh, could we do the, uh, could we do the backup story um, in issue two? And, you know, I sent him what I was thinking about doing. And, you know, again, we were, were trading images. So it was sort of that collaboration effort that we've been, we've been doing just sort of trading notes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for each issue, we want to have like uh you know, whether it be like a two page, three page backup story or ad and, uh, you know, Matt did a great job with, uh, the second issue's backup story. And, um, I think, uh, the one that he just came up with is going to be an ad for issue three. I think that's just going to be, I think people are going to love that. I mean, the ad that he wrote out for issue three is, you know, it, it's, it's hilarious. And, um, and I can't wait to see that uh, drawn out and see see what that looks like. Yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I guess my 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 time sent uh, sitting in college uh, with a history degree finally paid off in sort of uh, <laughs> getting to to do comics. So that that was a lot of fun. Um, so I, I have a couple of questions as far as like um, you know, a lot of times we like to we like to talk making comics, but there's also sort of like a, a business aspect of, of indie comics. So um, could you tell us a little bit about approaching, um, I'm assuming you submitted this a few different places, but then eventually you, you heard back from Behemoth. What was that sort of process like? Yeah, so um, it was, we were, I was in talk with a, a couple of different publishers. Um, but you know, when I found Behemoth, it was it was kind of uh, it's kind of uh, crazy. Like I was just on uh, Facebook and uh, I noticed a post about um, I believe it was Blackout in the Osiris Path, and I, I checked them out and um, I met, had messaged uh, Nathan, uh, who's one of the co-founders of Behemoth, and I said, "Hey," uh, I kind of just like asked you know, a couple questions and, you know, he was going through like what they're working on. And, um, you know, I felt like it was the the right place for the book, especially with seeing um, some of the licenses and the original comics that they were working on. And uh, we ended up uh, going with Behemoth and, um, um, you know, it's been a great re- relationship working with Nathan and Ryan and, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to, uh, to be there and um, have it be the home for paranormal hitmen. Yeah, I've actually, you know, I've been watching, you know, obviously with my affiliation as the editor and sort of working on some backups, I've been really impressed um, by just sort of the, the momentum they've built in the last sort of maybe like, you know, year, two years, you know, I've seen a lot of cool books coming out. Uh, I think there was like a, um, 
there was like a, another horror book or something about like a, a girl walking walking home or something like that i saw that on a lot of like the 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 comic speculation sites the the guys that like to go out and buy sort of like the indie books that have like low print runs or smaller print runs i guess i should say as like a, a, a smaller publisher so there's been a lot of sort of interesting stuff coming out of behemoth and it just sort of seems like they're gaining a lot of momentum yeah uh yeah the book um a girl walks home alone at night uh that was uh i think three weeks ago they came out with that it was based on a um an indie horror film and uh yeah i think they did like eleven thousand copies sold for for issue one and it's in the second printing now and yeah, like you said, I mean, that the speculators were, were going nuts with that book. Like when I went to my LCS, um, some guy came in and tried to buy all 10 copies from the store. And they're like, oh, well, hold on. We got to, you know, <laughs> we got to limit this to like one or two per person. But but yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it sold out quick. And, um, you know, I mean, that it's great for Behemoth because it, it gets their name out there um, that much more, you know, with, with doing that book. And also... Um, a couple months ago, they did uh, a licensed book with Hotline Miami, which was a uh, popular video game, and and that that book did well um, uh, in in stores um, also. I mean, so and, and coming down the line here, they have a lot of uh, licenses that they're working on right now, and uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna be cool to see you know some of the stuff that they're gonna be putting out here in the future. So. You know, you, you you went through this process. You got sort of the 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 go ahead with Behemoth that you could you can make the book. Um, what was it like? Because this book is in previews now. What was it like to see a cover of a book in your name in in previews as somebody who has you know been a comics fan, going to an LCS, looking at previews? What was what was it like to to see that finally in, in this uh, latest issue of uh, previews that came out? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was awesome. I, uh, you know, going to comic stores, like ordering through previews and stuff, just to see uh, the book out there with, with your name on it. And, um, you know, being able to order it through previews was, um, you know, was a pretty cool feeling. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's just, it's hard to describe in words, but it, it, it was a, uh, you know, it was it was a cool feeling just to actually hold the book and uh, flip through and, and see it there. Very cool. So I guess maybe the next step is in a few months is to be able to walk into your to your local LCS and and you know either have it in your in your pull box or, or to to see it on on a shelf. That's that's going to be the next sort of like cool moment, right? Yeah, and that's uh, you know I can't wait for that. I'm already planning to. You know, uh, I just moved to uh, the area that I live in now, and we actually have uh, a couple of cool comic shops in the area. So I'm planning to hit e each of them up on uh, February 10th. And um, I'm depending on weather since it's February, I'm also trying to plan to uh, to go to a other um, some more comic shops in the area too as well. Nice. So, awesome. okay, uh, Noah, do you have, do you have something? Oh uh, yeah, I was just gonna ask about um, like when uh, so like w w as far as like what what Behemoth likes to have as far as like release schedule goes. So because you've been talking about working on issue two already, um, 
so like you know they've they've booked this through previews and things like that and they've they've done things did they want you to have like you know two issues done by the time the first issue was released um or was that just you and wilson getting on a good like you know uh like on a good uh i guess like rhythm and uh i had a good momentum with creating the book yeah so uh basically uh they'll have a uh, behemoth will have like a uh like a set schedule so um what they do is they'll release um one issue per month of the series so um you know after signing on with behemoth they kind of told me hey we need issue one february issue two comes out march april may and then after may they'll put out uh the the uh, trade paperback so it was kind of behemoth gave us the uh schedule and um they gave us deadlines to uh to work work on that's great yeah so i i kind of know this from from my relationship with with wilson um you know he's constantly sort of like able to uh you churn out things are now that you guys have like i guess one is firmly in place two is in process like are you guys doing sort of daily communications where he's sending you images and, and stuff like that how is or are you guys checking in like periodically how's the sort of uh relationship going you know as you're in the middle of the sort of the production phase yeah uh so uh, i'll talk with uh, wilson every day um you know he'll send me um the panels and the inks and everything and um, it, it's been a great uh, relationship, uh, just going back and forth, like, um, you know, coming up with different ideas and also um, getting Wilson's input for, you know, future storylines. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what Wilson's great. Like, he's really dedicated to his artwork. Um, and, you know, he'll, he'll throw in some things there. Like, um, if there's something in the script, he'll, he'll kind of put out an idea um, to maybe change the panel around to, um, um, you know, it, he, he, he has like a good eye for things. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, we talk every day and, um, yeah, it's great to wake up and, you know, see the pages that he's drawn or sketches or whatever it may be. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's a joy to, to see his artwork and to see everything, um, come to life. Yeah, um, you know, what's interesting for me is like I get I I got I got to read your script and I got to see Wilson draw it. And you know, we you and I, Brett and myself, we're very similar. And I don't know if Noah knows this at this point, but uh Brett's writing style is very similar to mine in that it's not overly like filled with description we sort of are you know this character's here this is the setting you know this is what they're saying to each other and this is sort of like their motivations and this is where they want to sort of move the story along and what's interesting to me and i'm i'm assuming you brett you probably have this uh situation with no i'm sorry with with, uh with wilson when i work with wilson i'm amazed that like i give him so little and he produces so much but it a lot of times it's that magic moment where like what I envisioned in my mind's eye is what he sort of did with the the design or with with the with the panel do you do you find that 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's having that trust in Wilson because um, he is such a talented artist. You know, you don't really have to give him, like, all, like you said, a detailed description. Like, this goes here, that goes there. It's kind of just like, hey, this is what I want this panel to look like. And he just takes it and runs with it. And, um, and, and it's a, it's great knowing that, you know, you have an artist working on a book that, you know, has that eye and, you know, kind of has the same vision um, to, you know, put that actually on the, uh, on the panels. Nice. So um, when you like, uh, you know, with the historical element that you have here where you can pull characters out of history and sort of throw them into the story, um, and you know that Will, uh, you said earlier that Wilson had sort of brought some characters that he wanted to bring in the story. Are you like, are, are there times where maybe you're like flipping the channels and you see like the history channel come on and you see like, uh, you know, a show covering a topic and you're like, you make like a little note, like, I, I would like to, to bring this character for, from history in, into the book or do you just sort of, like maybe you, you walk past something like a bookstore and you see like, uh, you know, a, di- a, a biography of like a, a historical character. And then you're like, you know, like little note to self, like this is somebody that would be cool to throw into the story. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been a huge history fan. Um, you know, when I was in college, I took a lot of history courses and I read a lot of um, historical books and, um, you know, I get my ideas from either the books that I've read or um, also, like you said, watching shows, um, like especially the, the character that um, that you wrote in the ad for issue three. You know, that's my favorite time period um, for, you know, that I've learned in college and um, high school for, for history. So it's it's taking, you know, a mixture of my past classes that I've taken mixed with the books that I've read and and kind of throwing them in there and also Wilson's also a um uh you know he's also um expressed uh uh interest in history so he'll add in some uh some historical soldiers and stuff that that he he would like to uh draw on and into the story as well but um but yeah, I mean, especially for issue two, there's, you know, the end scene with that battle at the museum. I mean, that, that that's going to be a fun, uh, a fun page to, uh, to read. Nice. So when you made the decision that you wanted to, 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 to write comics and, and create comics, did you sort of, it seems like folks go about this one of two ways. They either dive into sort of like the, the sort of the, the non- you know, the textbooks, you sort of your Scott McCloud, your, your Bendis's word for pictures, uh, or they sort of look at comics that they really enjoy and they reverse engineer. How did, or it's a little bit of both. What was your sort of process for, you know, feeling out and, and, and writing some of your early comic stories? Yeah, um, I mean, I've always grown up, uh, you know, re- reading comics and, you know, watching the animated series and stuff. Um, I, I would, I mean, my favorite writer growing up was always Chris Claremont, you know, as a big X-Men fan. Um, I mean, I wouldn't really say I took any, like, try to, you know, take one person's style and, 
and kind of use it. I just, I think it's just a mixture of, you know, reading, growing up, reading comic books and trying to, you know, come up with my own unique uh, writing style and, uh, you know, uh, you know, try to come up with some, uh, some different ideas and just putting uh, pen to paper and, and just going to write it. That's interesting that you would say Claremont, because I think one thing, well, actually there's, there's two things that I think you did really well in the writing of this book. First is the, the very first couple of pages when we meet uh, Dee and, and Jean as they're driving along. I feel like in the first page or two, you make us identify and care about those two guys really early on, like, like the way they like rib each other. Like we can tell that they're, they're good buddies and, the, mm. and, and like that. And it felt like, it felt like a little bit of like a Tarantino movie, but what you do in the middle of the book is you put them in a sort of training scenario, which allows you to sort of set up the, uh, the, the laws and the, and the physics of this universe. And if it was like a Claremont, old Claremont X-Men book, somebody just would have walked on panel and just described everything as like, this is the world. This is, you know, almost like this like over the top mission brief. But the way you did it with the training sequences, you did it with a lot of action and sort of Agent McCoy is there to sort of explain the rules of the world. So like, you know, you, you, you have this sort of background in like older sort of like 80s comics where there's a lot of sort of telling us but you you didn't fall into that trap here um so did you think when you did that training sequence in the middle I guess I need to like get to the point here is did you make sure that you didn't want to be like overly with Agent McCoy just like telling Gene and D like this is the world like did you did you think about that a lot yeah, like with the with the whole um, issue one, like I didn't want to, you know, like you said, go into too much writing where it's like this is that that's like you know, kind of explain every little detail. Um, you know, I wanted to show it in, um, like you said, some of like the action scenes um, through the art instead of um, you know through writing it all out. Um, but that, that's the one that was probably the hardest part is, you know, you want to explain what the different gadgets and um, different um, stuff is for this, uh, for this paranormal universe. But you, you'd also don't want to, you know, make the pages just all word bubbles where it's like, you know, you're spending 20 minutes reading a page. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that, that was definitely the toughest part is to, you know, get through to the reader, you know, what the stuff is, why it was made, what it, what it, um, what its main purpose is. Um, but, um, but like, again, uh, Wilson did a great job with the, uh, with the drawing to, to you know, show the action um, th- through the art. Nice. And I, again, sort of the, I, 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 you know, I was able to read this a lot and, and, and see it come together, but you also do a, a good thing where you, the, the sort of the training sequence then sort of goes into like a, like a, 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 a flashback sort of story through a briefing, which then allows us to know a little bit more of like 
the history of the the paranormal sort of agency but then you make you you bring that full circle that some of the events bring us into that that backstory do you do you outline like when you're when you're doing it like you know i need to you know do four pages of this or i need to like have act three you know bring this together like or do you just discover that and in the writing phase yeah um I, I try to plan out like before writing the issue, um, you know, how, how I'm going to explain certain things. And also it's um, what I've come to learn is, you know, also planning out, you know, future issues like, okay, maybe I can explain it in the issue too somehow, you know, and um, like, for example, the cube, there's going to be flashbacks in issues two through four that kind of explain more of like the history and the reason behind the cube, like who really came up with, with that idea. So it, it's a little bit of combination of both, you know, throwing out um, an outline for, for the issue and also kind of looking ahead to see, you know, how it can all tie in. Nice. So I feel like we, we've covered a lot of sort of the creative process, the, the so, sort of the, the business of, of pitching to a publisher, getting picked up by a publisher. But now, and you know, this is something that you're doing here as an indie creator, you know, you don't have a book with a picture of Batman or, or Spider-Man on it. So it's a, it's a challenge to, to get people to, to, to pre-order your book. Um, so I know that you've done a lot of other podcasts, but do you feel like now you're sort of um, switching on sort of like your, your promoter hat and like trying to, to get as many shops, many, you know, fans to, to know that this book is out there? Yeah. And um, like you said, I mean, since it's not, you know, Marvel DC where, you know, you, you know, a shop's going to order Marvel and DC because there's already that established fan base. Um for the different characters it's um you know getting on the different podcasts uh, youtube channels on um, promoting the book as well as reaching out to comic shops um you know introducing yourself um kind of giving the elevator pitch and sending whether some shops might want to see a pdf copy of the first issue or some shops uh, might just want to you know hear a little bit more about the book and um you know, see a couple panels and covers. And also, um, you know, just it's basically trying to promote the book as much as possible by, you know, getting it out there, making sure that people are aware that there's a new series coming out. And that's another thing, um, you know, Behemoth does well too, is they'll, they'll also go on their social media sites and make sure that they put it out there and, you know, retweet or um, repost the different interviews and stuff like that as well. That's cool. Um, uh, Noah, do you, do you have uh, any, any questions for Brett um, as far as like process, promotion, anything like that? Yeah, I actually had a promotion question about the uh, Punisher, the, the, I guess the, the Amazing Spider-Man uh, uh, homage cover. Uh, whose idea was that? Was that yours or Wilson's? Um, so I, I had the idea for the, uh, for the homage. Um, we were talking about doing 
like another homage uh, cover for it, but we weren't, it was going to use a character that we weren't sure if we'd get in trouble if we used. Um, it was a, uh, a friendly ghost, <laughs> a, a kid's character. <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't know if, uh, if we have uh, that ghost being shot, if, if that would cause some backlash or not. So, uh, so we decided to go with, I guess, the safer route and uh, do an homage to, uh, you know, a famous uh, Marvel cover. That's and awesome. He's got is one of the characters in the crosshair. It's the it's the Amazing Spider-Man one twenty nine with the with the Punisher where he's got Spider-Man in the in the sights. Uh, but is one of the the ghosts that's in the sights of this one uh, featured in in issue one? No, so actually that ghost is going to be featured down the line. It's, uh, I guess it's a little uh, like Easter egg of what's to come uh, nice. further down the issue. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, well, Wilson did a great job, you know, taking that cover and, you know, making it his own and adding, you know, the, the paranormal uh, characters in there. Nice. And another thing that Wilson, uh, I know, Wilson, we've been singing Wilson's praises here, but you know, he also did like the logo work there. Like, uh, did you guys trade a lot of notes on the sort of the design there? Or was it another one of those things where, you know, he came up with something that you, you, you really liked early on, or was there sort of, you know, iterations of that? Yeah. Um, you know, he came up with design and, you know, he just showed it to me and, you know, I, I liked it and, and uh, yeah, that, that was all, all his idea. Yeah. And the and the cubes have a, have a glow. Um, mm -hmm. Did you did you have like a color preference, or again was that sort of something he threw in there, and you're like that sort of makes sense? Yeah, he he threw it in there, and um, you know he did, he did a great job with uh, with bringing the glow. And uh, last night I. Uh, I was on a, a YouTube channel and they, they, you know, that it, it's just his colors were, were amazing. And um, like you said earlier, you know, he wasn't sure if, you know, coloring and like you said, he's, he's a great colorist as well. And, you know, he, he really did a good job with the uh, different glows and uh, the different color schemes for the ghosts in the book. Nice. So I guess uh, I have a question for you. Uh, as somebody who's written for for Wilson, um, and I've encountered this uh, in in my working with Wilson, as somebody who lives in Brazil, his first language is Portuguese. Mm. Um, I have to be careful to not use sort of like slang or like terms that like uh, you know a middle aged white guy in the middle of America would know. Did you ever sort of hit like? Like those, because like I would write something and he was like, what does this mean? And I would I'd go, oh, I could see why like to somebody who doesn't sort of live in America and sort of have these sort of everyday experiences wouldn't understand that. So did you have any of those where you sort of said something that sort of is sort of something you go about in your everyday life or something that like, and then you sort of had to like explain it to him because there's a cultural difference there? Um. In the comments, like maybe one or two panels, there'll, there'll be a question that, that he might, you know, uh, want me just to clarify. Um, I mean, sometimes like when I'm just uh, 
you know, texting Wilson. Uh, there'll, there'll be some, you know, uh, I guess, Northeast uh, Philly type slang in there that he'll be like, hey, uh, is, is that good or bad? Or, um, but, uh, but no, I mean, w- Wilson, uh, one, one thing too is, uh, you know, we've had a couple of calls um, uh, and he's actually, his English is actually, um, you know, like he'll, he'll even say it too, like call text and say like, Hey, you know, I'm, he, he's getting better in understanding and he's actually doing some, uh, you know, some podcasts like, uh, and doing some interviews now, like he's getting, um, you know, he's, he's telling me that he's getting more comfortable, I guess, doing, um, you know, uh, interviews and stuff, uh, which is good. But, uh, but no, I mean, um, he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, there, there's not too much that really needs uh, clarification. Cool. All right. Uh, so, you know, I, I've had a lot of fun uh, talking to you about this book. This is something that sort of I, I've seen a lot, you know, through the process. And I'm excited to, that it's at this point. Um, but uh, I have a question for you. I, you know, we, we talked about the, the pitching, uh, seeing it in previews. And then sort of, uh, you know, the next stop is going to be that it's going to be in shops. You know, we, we've had a lot of good news lately as far as like uh, a possible vaccine for, for coronavirus. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking one of the next, hopefully one of the next steps you, you're, you're thinking about is, is taking this um, and, and being able to pitch it at a con, sign it for people at a con. Um, is that something you're looking forward to? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I really can't wait for, for cons to come back. And yeah, like once we get word that, um, especially here in the Philadelphia area, we have, you know, the Greater Philadelphia Con, um, Keystone Comic Con, and even I'm not a uh, far drive away from um, from your area down in Baltimore and D.C., um, you know, I, I, I can't wait for cons to get back because I'll definitely... Um, you know, trying to be getting a, a table at these cons and, you know, promoting the book and, uh, and getting it out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this summer, you know, once the vaccine comes out that, uh, that, you know, we, we, we might start getting some announcements soon. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit of normalcy and, and just mm-hmm. hanging out with people who, who like to make comics. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I guess a question beyond uh, Paranormal Hitmen, um, you, you wrote a horror anthology and now you've written uh, a mob story with horror elements, with you know paranormal activity. Uh, are there any other stories that are sort of in your mind or any other story genres that you would, you would like to tackle or is like horror your thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I have... Uh there's like two ideas that I'm kind of running through my mind right now. Um, the one's definitely a horror comedy. Um, it's I'm trying to make it more, I guess, comedy than horror though. Um, mm-hmm. And actually the, I guess the other one would be considered sci-fi horror as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to just stick to one genre. I want to try to, you know, go across the board but I mean it, it's it's tough right now to uh 
you know, um, to do like a superhero book and stuff. Um, I, I feel like because that's kind of, I feel like Marvel and DC kind of has that space. But for, for you know, the indie world, I, I think, you know, writing more of like the horror and drama and action um, comics is, uh, is, you know, the way to go. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's difficult to, to do uh, an indie superhero book unless you sort of put like a a, a creative spin on it. So yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you there. Um, so I think this is going to do it for for the interview. Noah, I want to bring you in and ask you if you have any sort of final thoughts or final questions for Brett on 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 this book. No, I'm just excited to have it in print. I've, I've ordered both covers from, uh, and they're both going to end up in my poll box. So I'm excited. Oh, thank you. Yeah, actually I, I, me, me as well. And, you know, as we were talking about, you know, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, with cons coming back, uh, I've probably talked to Wilson, you know, either a text message or an email for, for every day for probably close to four or five years now. But what I would really like is for the world to get back to uh, being able to have cons. And I would like to have you and Wilson sign the, the copy of, of Paranormal Hitman because I just think it's, it's awesome that sort of like, you know, five years ago, I met Wilson and we've sort of taken this journey and now he's he's at this point i just really want to be able to hold something tangible tangible that that you know he made yeah and i, I told i told wilson i said hey man you gotta like try to come out for a con especially for um you know being an artist um you know i told him you know people would love to you know come up to you you can even get like a you know a remark done on a book or even um you know have some commissions open to do uh do a couple of drawings. Um, you know, I, I said that would be a, be a great way to also get his name out there that much more just uh, by showing, by being at the uh, conventions. Yeah, I agree. All right, Brett. So as we finish up here, you know, we, we said early on that the, this book is in previews. You should be telling your LCS uh, to, to order it um, because with a lot of these, and you, you mentioned this earlier with the, with the other behemoth book, that there was somebody that went in and tried to buy like all 10 copies of, of that, that popular book. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why it's important to pre-order this because that way it'll be in your, your pull box when you show up and you might not have to deal with somebody that comes in and sort of buys up all, all the copies. So as we close up, let folks uh, know a little, uh, you know, do the elevator pitch for Paranormal Hitmen one more time and let folks know where they can follow you online so they can stay up to date with like future issues and, and developments in, in the Paranormal Hitman world. Yeah. So, um, you know, one more time, the Paranormal Hitman, it comes out uh, February 10th um, and it's up for pre-order now. You can go uh, to your local uh, comic shop and have them order through previews. I believe you have until uh, December 27th to, uh, to order the copy uh, through previews. Um, uh, codes are DEC201311 for cover A and DEC201312 for the homage to Spider-Man uh, 129. And um, 
you know, if you're a fan of, you know, Ghostbusters and Mafia movies, um, you know, this, this book is going to be right up your alley. It's, um, you know, an action comedy and, um, you know, it's just a great book just to, to read, turn your brain off and uh, just have fun with. Awesome. So we're going to have um, in the show notes to this podcast, we're going to have the the link to the previews pages. You know, you can just sort of copy that, shoot an email off to your to your LCS and say, this is exactly what I want. And, and they'll, they'll have all the information. So we're going to have the show. We're going to have that in the show notes. Um, I'll also put links to your social media and Wilson's social media so that people can can stay up to date. Um, but I, I, again, I'm, I'm really thrilled about this book, um, even being in sort of on the ground floor. Um, I can't wait to sort of have a copy of it and, and, and see where it goes. So thanks, thanks for, for being on, Brett. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it as always. Awesome. So for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, we're on Twitter at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Um, Also, check out the Facebook page for for Ageless Press. Um, You'll see a lot of stuff there. from Brett, myself, and Noah, a lot of Noah's art from Dino Thrashers, which was a book that all three of us worked on. It's the first book that's coming out from Ageless Press, um, and it's it's got a lot of cool stuff, so, so check that out as well. Links to everything in the show notes. Everybody, thanks for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out and make some comics, and we'll be back with another episode very soon.